You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe who helps people who feel far from God to know Jesus, cultivate freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We're also a diverse tribe who welcomes everyone from bikers to bankers, PhDs to GEDs, every age, race, and walk of life. So whether you're a longtime Christ follower or a spiritual investigator, we hope you're encouraged through our content. Enjoy today's teaching. Good morning, everyone. How are you? You know, just thinking about uh, Memorial Day and about people that have, have given so much. Um, you know, everything we experience today is because someone else gave. Someone else prayed. Someone else sacrificed. And so honor is really, that's the heart of honor, is remembering what those have done before. So I am honored to be able to come and just to share the word with you this morning, a message we're calling A Love of a Father. And uh, the big idea that I have for today is that we have a father that loves, chooses, and accepts us. Uh, My wife, Susie, and I, uh, we've been married 40 years. We have four children. I have three daughters and a son, the oldest being my son, Jordan, and and Ashley, Emily, and Bonnie. And uh, I'm really happy that I'm a father, but I think I'm enjoying being a grandfather even more. And though any grandparents in here, I think it's because you can play with them and then you can send them home. Um, but no, I have awesome grandchildren. I have five grandchildren. I have Shepard, uh, our Otis. He's our, uh, our son. And then four, four more girls, Evangeline, Maggie, Penelope, and Sadie. And uh, I love being a father and love being a grandfather. And I'm I'm trying to do the best that I can do. A couple of years ago, the kids gave me a t-shirt uh, that maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm doing something right, uh, but the, the t-shirt says, Dad, we're awesome, and you're doing a great job, okay? So I guess all the credit on their awesomeness really probably goes more for their mother than it does for me. But when you look at the Bible, the role of a father is an extremely significant relationship. Uh, it's in that that we discover a lot of our significance and our worth. And uh, a mother also provides that. So mothers, we just honored you a couple of weeks ago. I'm not bashing mothers. But today I'm focusing on fathers. And it's not Father's Day. Doug's going to be bringing a great uh, Father's Day message in a couple of weeks. But the role is so significant. And when we look at the Bible, we look at the biblical foundation of family Family is one of the things that God expresses his authority to. My father, uh, which was a pastor and also an educator, a teacher, uh, he said this, that the two organizations on the earth or the two institutions uh, that God expresses his full authority through, it is through the church and it's through the family. And you see that throughout scripture. Uh, you see it all the way from Genesis to the book of Revelation. We, we see uh, that Jesus is coming back as a groom for a what? A bride. So it's all in the context of family. And we begin to see this in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1, 26 for, for, uh, verses through 31. And it says this, let, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky, and over the cattle, and over the earth, and over the creepy things that creep on the earth. So God's given us authority over creeps. I mean, I like that. That's good. And God created man in his own image, and in the image he created him, male and female. He created them. God blessed them, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. 
as family and subdue and rule over the fish, over the birds and over the living things that move on the earth. And I love verse 31. It says, and God looked at all that he created, including man. He says it was very good. Okay. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you look very good this morning. Okay. Because that's what God says about you. God looks at you and he doesn't see a mistake. He doesn't see the imperfections you may see. He looks at you and he says, you're very good. Okay. And so I wanted you to hear that this morning. We can always use a Uh, that in our mind. But God had set the earth to be filled with family. He specifically uses this concept uh, to denote how that he wants to rule and fill the earth. When we look at the first family of the Bible, we know that's Adam and Eve. Uh, They had fallen out of full relationship with God because of sin in the garden. They were kicked out of the garden. It wasn't long after that. They had Cain and Abel. And if you remember the story about Cain and Abel, if you remember hearing the stories of the Bible, they had offered sacrifices to God. God accepted the sacrifice of Abel. He rejected Cain. Cain got jealous about the approval that he was, his brother was getting, and he ends up killing his brother. Now, that's what you call dysfunction in the family, is it not, right? And all of us have some levels of dysfunction in all our families, doesn't matter how good or bad you think your family may be. But the point that I want to make from this is the result of sin will always lead us, lead you to some form of dysfunction, of you not functioning the way that God wanted us or created us to function. That's individually, that's within our family, it's within our culture, our society. And so we see here One of the first examples or the first example in the Old Testament of families that both succeeded or failed as being families in the Old Testament. And that's really what you look at. You see families that honored God and things went well with them and obeyed his commandments. And then you see families that dishonor God. In the Old Testament, we don't get a lot of instructions on how to have a healthy, good family. They're not there. We just see this success and failure, those that honored and dishonored. So based off that, we can look at all of our lives, all our families, and we either have a family that sought to honor God or they dishonor God and how they live their life, right? I mean, that's just a true fact of what it is. But what I love about God's intention, his intention was always to restore the family, Malachi 4, 6 says this, that he will restore or turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to the fathers so that I will not come and smite the land with a curse. And so God's intention was to bring that reservation. So it was for the purpose that Father God, after having hundreds of years of success and failure, mostly failure in the Old Testament, that's why he had to send Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him wouldn't perish but have everlasting life. It gives us home and eternity, but it also helps us increase the quality of life that we have on this earth and our call to represent him in that. So God 
wants to restore family. So I'm going to look at three different things. Number one, we're going to look at our earthly fathers. Uh, I had a great father. I lost my father when he was 59 years old. I was just out of college. And, uh, uh, but he was a great man. My dad actually uh, grew up in Andrews, Texas, not too far from here. He, he lied about his age. He was 17 years old uh, so that he could join the Navy during World War II. And uh, he was on the USS Idaho, and he served the United States Pacific Fleet after the bombing of Pearl Harbor. My father uh, went on, though, because he left school at, at 17. He got his GED uh, on the ship on the, the USS Idaho, uh, and he went on to get his bachelor's degree and his master's degree, and back then what they called special education. It was for kids with needs, and dad was in administration, but both my parents um, were educators and they were pastors of churches. I was actually born in Corpus Christi, Texas. I was the youngest of four. Uh, at 18 months old, my parents, uh, my dad felt like we were to move from Corpus Christi, Texas to Fairbanks, Alaska. Now, that's a little difference of, of climate, okay? I can remember the coldest I've ever been in my life as a little kid was 76 below zero. It was cold. I mean, where you had a wool, I mean, your breath would freeze. You would have to wear, a, a, you know, a, a scarf. It was where, you know, it was, they call it the land of the midnight sun. You maybe, there were certain times of the year, you just get a couple of hours of daylight, you know. But my parents, my father felt like we were supposed to move there. And so he quits his church and education job. My parents had started a, a, a school down there with a man named Lester Roloff, which was a, a great man. And But we moved. My dad didn't even have a job. Can you imagine? It's 10,000 miles driving. I'm 18 months old. I'm barely out of diapers. I think I still was in diapers. Can you imagine back then? And they didn't have no pampers back then, if you know what I mean. I mean, it was, it was not a good deal. But we drove all the way there. My dad actually volunteered to be a chaplain at Elson Air Force Base. And for a short season, we lived on base there. There was one particular Wednesday night when our family of six went to this church. There was a town just outside Fairbanks. You may have heard of it called North Alaska. That's where Santa lives. And, and that's where the post office looks just like his Santa Claus house. You know, it really does. I've seen it. And, but there's one particular Wednesday night, we walked into First Baptist Church, North Pole, Alaska, and they were having a prayer meeting. And in that prayer meeting, guess what they were doing? They were praying for God to send them a pastor. My dad became their pastor. My dad, not too far long after that, he ended up getting a job at one of the high schools in Fairbanks, and we lived there three years uh, before we moved to Washington State. But my parents were people that exemplified what it meant to walk by faith, what to do things that didn't seem to make sense, and so they did some pretty crazy things in their life. And so I come from a rich heritage of faith. And I have been known to do some crazy things in my life and do some things very similar. Now, my dad's father, what I call my, my grandfather, I called him granddaddy. That was his name. Uh, he didn't have a really good start. My, my grandfather was actually an alcoholic. And before he met Jesus, 
Uh, that's what their life was about. Him and my grandmother, we called her Mammer. You know, I don't know why we called her Mammer, but I love my Mammer. And I loved going to her house. During the summers, I'd go stay a month. We lived up in East Texas, and they grew up down in Lake Jackson, Texas, down the Gulf Coast. And I would just go there and stay a whole month. And then my mom would pick me up, and I'd be 15 pounds heavier because that's what happens when you go to grandma's house. It was grilled cheese and French fries and milkshakes at the drugstore. I mean, it was just, I, it was crazy. That was just a real random memory that came to my mind. And, but, but my granddaddy and, 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 and my mammer, they both received Jesus and their lives were changed. And my grandfather, his, his name was Shorty Roy, wasn't his real name. And it's because he was about five, four, but I, I love my granddaddy and out of their family, they had six children. Four of them end up falling after the ways of God, and two of them died premature deaths of alcoholism. And I'm making this point to share with you that in our natural fathers, they're both good things and bad things that can come down family lines. You might know what I'm talking about. You know, it can be these different patterns that we see, and, and yet that is not God's intention. You see, my grandparents, just as my parents, just as me and my wife Susie, just as you, we all have a choice of what we're going to do. But you don't realize your choices that you make not only impact you, but it impacts the generations that, are, that will come behind you. And so for some of you, you may be a first-generation believer in your family. There's not a heritage at all of faith. There's a heritage of, of, of not having anything to do with God. But our choices have the ability to bring healthy family back into existence. One of the men that I listened to growing up as a young minister was a man named Earl Polk. And out of Atlanta, Georgia, and I remember this quote. It's a very vivid quote. And he said this, the greatest power God has ever given man, it is the power of choice. You see, it is you choose to follow after God. God will not impose himself upon you. He gives you that choice. He gives you that choice. We see that in Joshua 24, verse 15. But it says this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day who you're going to serve, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land in which you are living. But as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord. And as Bob Dylan wrote that song, you think, well, I'm not going to serve anybody. But let me just tell you, as Bob Dylan said in that song, everybody's going to serve somebody. You do. You serve somebody. You, you're going to serve somebody. It may be your own self. It may be your flesh, but you're going to serve somebody. But we have a choice of what we're going to do with our lives. So when we look at our earthly fathers, there can be good things that can come down. There can be bad things that can come down. And even when I talk about an earthly father, it can have a great impact upon your life on even how you view God. I believe that there are three primary functions of a father to do three things. And there's more. This is a very simple thing. Number one, a father is to protect, a father is to provide, and a father is to lead. 
Okay. Now I know mamas, you do all those things too, but I'm talking, it's the responsibility of the man to take care of his family. Okay. And mama too, but I'm just telling you, men, we are called to protect, to provide and to lead. The, the point that I'm trying to make here about our earthly fathers, and it's this particular point, whatever your relationship was with your earthly father can skew or form how you view your heavenly father. So in other words, if you had a father that was very harsh, very judgmental, got on your case, a father that wasn't loving, he didn't show you love or whatever it may be, what can happen, I'm not saying this is always true, but it's a lot of it's true, is that we can project that experience on the heavenly father. And so how we deal with our earthly fathers is so important because I know that in a room this size, I promise you, there's as much good as there is bad. There's as much bad as there's good. There's good experiences. There's bad experiences. And it doesn't matter how old we get. Those relationships can impact you till the day you leave this earth. They can be a trap if you continue to stay in that place of pain. And I, I, I'm just saying that just to bring it to a point that I believe that God today is here to bring hope and healing into your heart when it comes to your earthly fathers. You see, the bad thing or the thing that, that keeps us trapped into that, it can be the things that have been done to us. I promise you in this room, there's people that have been abused by your father, whether that be sexually or physically abused or verbally abused there. I guarantee you there's some, there's some people in here that are, that are that. And if you have not got help with that, that becomes a place of judgment and bitterness in your heart. It, in no way am I saying that it justifies what they did, but if you still stay in a place of bitterness in judgment against them, it is like a ball in chain. It will follow you all the days of your life. And so that's the reason why it's so important for us to have help, like I've had to have help with other people, to make sure that I release forgiveness. I am not condoning what was done. Hear my words. But I am not going to allow that to continue to impact my life. God can bring you to a place of healing. I'm not saying that you're going to restore that relationship. I'm not sure you're going to hang out with. You hear what I'm saying, right? And that's why we have, we have ministries here, Cultivate. We have counselors here that can help you walk through some of those things. So our earthly fathers are extremely important in how that we view our, our heavenly father. And that's why Jesus came. He came to give us everything we need to help bring uh, a true understanding of who the heavenly father is. The second thing that we have is we have spiritual fathers. Now, for some of you that maybe you didn't grow up in church, that's not necessarily something that you understand. But just for a moment, for some of us that maybe have grown up in a church, the Bible very clearly teaches and it talks about spiritual fathers. And back in the mid-1990s, there was a real move of God in the church that was restoring 
that message that we see in Malachi of the need of spiritual fathers and mothers, but spiritual fathers in the church. And so what happens a lot of times when new revelation comes back to the church and we begin to try to do things, but we don't know how to do it right yet. Uh, I call it negative uh, definition. We kind of learn more what not to do than what to do. You know what I'm saying? And, And it was good, but it was also not so good. And for some of you that maybe have worked in or uh, been under or been involved in those kinds of churches, they could be very authoritative. And literally what they became, they became spiritually abusive. Okay. I, and I don't have time. I could talk for an hour. I am a survivor of spiritual abuse. I, I can say that just as much as anything in my life. I understood what it meant to be under misused spiritual authority in your life, okay? I don't have time to get to define all that. And it's taken years and years for me to get to a healthy place in that. I mean, I was at a point a couple years after coming out of all that, going through a bunch of of counseling, uh, I didn't even want to use the F word. A father, See, some of you guys thought something else. Every one of you thought something else. Uh, that's how I, I didn't want to. I, I wanted to have a coach. I could have a mentor, but don't even use the word father because I didn't want it because I was hurt from it. It, it. it really was a painful time, but it didn't take away from the spiritual truth that God gives us spiritual fathers and mothers in our life to help us grow in God. Amen? And that's what, that's what this house is all about. I'm, I'm blessed that we have a good father that leads our community of Doug, of Pastor Doug. He's a good father. See, our fathers are to represent them. But the thing is, they're still men. They're still natural men. And if you look to them as they're always going to be right, they're not God. They're just trying to represent who God is. So we have earthly fathers. We have spiritual fathers. And so we all have a history of both good and bad experiences. There's two transforming truths I want to share with you as we wrap our time together down this morning. And the first one is this, and I really want you to hear this. This is the most important thing. Transforming truths about your heavenly father is that number one, you have been chosen by your heavenly father. Romans 8 verses 12 through 16 deals with this. And it says this. So then, brethren, we're not under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you're going to live. So the Holy Spirit is the one that helps us in areas of the flesh that we need to put to death. And we all have some areas that we constantly have to keep that sucker dead. Y'all know what I mean? I do. I'll be the first to tell you. But see, I learned a long time ago. That's one of the best prayers right there. Holy Spirit, today, would you help me with this area? And the Holy Spirit will help you. But it says in verse 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry, Abba, Father. That word, Abba, Father is an enduring term. 
a picture of it is when, when your kids, when they were hurt or whatever, and they crawl up in your lap and say, daddy or mom, it's just endearing love relationship. And he said, that's what the kind of the image that I want you to have of your heavenly father. It's that intimate relationship, but he has given the spirit of adoption as son, where we cry, Abba father and the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we're children of God. So I love the scripture there because of the word that they chose was the word adopt. So if you have children, you had those children. You didn't choose those children. You may have chosen to have them, but you had them. But God uses this whole concept of adoption to denote the truth that he has chosen you. Before every single person in this room, every single person watching online, before you ever chose God, he chose you. And he uses this whole thing called adoption. Now, I had four children. Up to the age 18, at any point in their lives, I could have put them up for adoption. Some of you think, well, oh, that's an option. Uh, no, no, I'm sorry. Don't leave, give your kids up. But did you know this in the state of Texas? If you ever adopt a child, you can never abandon that child. You can be thrown in jail if you don't take care of that child. So God uses this concept that I have chosen. I have seen young people and I have seen old people that have struggled all through their lives with this whole thing of having a sense of belonging, a sense of being loved and accepted. But Father God, this morning, wants you to hear that you're chosen, that you're accepted, and that you are loved. And you see, when, when we have Jesus come into our life, the way that he, he views you and he views me, when Jesus comes before me, he views me through what Jesus did for me on the cross. So with all of us, with our struggles and our failures, even when we're not doing good, guess what? God says, I still choose you. I still love you. I still accept you. Because that's who I am as a heavenly father. The second transformational truth that I'll share with you is that you have been approved by God. Now, this is a big deal, a very big deal in my life. And in Matthew chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, it says this. It tells a story about Jesus being baptized. And it says, after being baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens, they opened up and <clears throat> the spirit of God came descending as a dove and it lit, it was lighting upon him. And a behold, a voice from heaven came and said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. At this time in Jesus' life, he had not done one miracle. Jesus hadn't turned water into wine, which was his, his first miracle that he did that we see in scripture. 
Jesus hadn't raised the dead. Jesus hadn't healed the sick. Jesus hadn't cast out people that were demonically oppressed. Jesus hadn't done anything. He was just a son. And the point is, he did not have to perform for his approval. He didn't have to perform. Now listen to this. His approval was not based on his performance, but it was based on that he was a son. Now, this is one of those areas, probably the biggest area that I struggled in my life with growing up. And I still do some. I'm not as bad. I mean, because we never really ever get over some things. Some things we're always going to struggle with because we're human. But it was this whole thing of what I call performance orientation is that you live your life in a way to receive approval. And so you got to perform. Men struggle with this a lot, but everybody does to some degree. And you may have even grown up in a family where performance was highly demanded. You better perform on the playing field, or you better perform in your grades, or you better make a lot of money. And what happens, it, the older we get, it never goes away. Performance orientation. But here is the truth, and this is what I want to get into your heart this morning, that Jesus lived his life from a place of approval, not for approval. And that's where your heavenly father wants to get you. He wants you to know that I approve of you. You don't have to earn it. You see, too much of our life value and worth is attached to what we do. And if your significance and your worth is attached in your ability to perform, all the enemy has to do is to take away your ability and or your opportunity to be able to perform. And guess what? You crater. You don't feel like you're worth anything. You feel like you're not valuable. And it goes into the core of who we are, of self-esteem and value. And you don't really understand. And let me tell you what, when I begin to really understand this thing about performance orientation, and again, I was very performance driven. Number one, it led me to man pleasing. I wanted to please man because I wanted their approval. But when I begin to get free of it, guess what I learned? I begin to discover the image that God created in me. The reason why that he put me on the earth. But if you are trapped into performance orientation, you will never understand purpose. You will never understand why you're here. The uniqueness of who you are as a creation of God, you will never understand. But these two transforming truths is that number one, that you have been chosen, you've been loved, you've been accepted by your heavenly father. And that you have been approved. There's a great song. And many of you may have heard that. By Lauren Daigle. It came out I think in 2019. Called You Say. Great song. It's got some great words. And I was up early in the morning. And I was thinking about what I was going to share. And I felt like the Holy Spirit brought this song. Said go listen to this song. And so I did. And, and I know this song. Uh, I looked last night on, on Spotify. 
and this song has streamed, have played 461,396,175 times just on Spotify. That's a lot of spins. And it's because it's speaking to the core of humanity because it went both secular as well as Christian. But let me read these verses to you. She says this, I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I'll never measure up. Am I more than just the sum of every high and low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know. The only thing that matters now is everything you think of me, that in you I find my worth and in you I find my identity. Taking all I have, I'm now laying them at your feet. You have every failure, God. You have every victory. Because he says, You say I, you say I am loved, and I can't feel a thing. You say I'm strong, even when I think I'm weak. You say I am. I keep falling short when I don't belong. You say I am yours. I believe. I believe. Jesus, I believe. What you what you say of me? bow your heads just for a moment here. And I really believe that this this morning, God wants to touch some people's hearts. And I just want to do something what they, they call representative repentance. And I just want to speak as a father. And in your earthly father, relationships I want to represent your father and I want to ask you for forgiveness I want to ask for forgiveness for harsh words strong hand I want to ask for forgiveness for never being there. And Father, I just pray over men and women, sons and daughters, that that relationship with their earthly father that brings more pain than promise. Father, I just speak healing into their hearts. 
Lord, we speak those words that they are loved, that they are accepted in Jesus' name. And Father, even for maybe some of my friends here that, like me, they, they struggled with wrong spiritual fathers in their life. And Lord, I just represent those spiritual fathers. And Father, I pray and ask for forgiveness of how that they were misused and maybe even abused. In Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you that in John chapter 14, when Jesus was talking about his disciples or talking to them saying he was getting ready to leave, that he said he would send another helper. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. And I love what it says. I can't remember exactly what verse it is, but it says that the Holy Spirit will come and he will reveal the Father. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just speak a Father's blessing over every single person here. Father, I speak the blessing of approval, the blessing of chosenness, that you have been chosen by God. You have been loved by God. Father, I speak over them that they are approved of God, that it is not based on our performance, but Father, it's based on who we are in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you for that truth and that promise. And we speak it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I want to invite you, if you're in a real tender place in your heart right now, I mean, particularly when we're dealing with earthly fathers. We're going to have some of our prayer team is going to be down here. And you may need to get someone just to really pray and agree with you on some things. And I really want to encourage you, though, that if there are some of those dysfunctions in your family, in your past, and in your relationship, reach out to someone. I have spent hundreds of hours with counselors dealing with stuff in my life. It's not a, not a source of weakness. What it is, it's a source of strength that says, I want to be the best person I can be so I can love my family and love others the best way that I can. Okay? So there will be prayer people down here that if you need someone to prayer, the prayer tents outside, you can just stop by there for prayer also. Uh, but thank you for listening to me today and bless you guys and have a great rest of your long weekend. And again, we honor uh, those that have gone before and our team will be here for you. Bless you and have a great day. We're glad you were a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check the City Tribe YouTube channel, iTunes, SoundCloud, Instagram, Facebook, or our website, citytribe.church. May you go from this podcast knowing that you are loved.